0: Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Cuts. My name is Jonathan Meek, and if this is your first time tuning in, we're so excited that you're here today. If you're listening only online on iTunes, we invite you to go to YouTube and check out the video version of this. And as always, if you feel like this content is worthwhile and meaningful and impacts your day, we invite you to share that uh, with people within your world. Uh, I'm here with Pastor Brett, and this week we're in week three of Testify. Uh, Mm -hmm. the, the, The series is going fantastic. I know it means a lot to you. And uh, evangelism is very near and dear to your heart. Let's maybe jump off, just talk about that. And a lot of people, I think, know your story. Um, but for those that don't, maybe just give a little bit of background on why evangelism means so much to you.
1: Yeah, yeah you know, I became a Christian when I was 21. And uh, I had loving people in my life, loving parents, all that good stuff. Um, but I never remember anybody telling me about Jesus, um, and past like the normal stuff that like you know a Christian society of the 1980s, 1990s America, you know, might have sort of been. You know, I mean, I don't remember anybody inviting me to church or inviting me to a small group, or I mean, just Jesus was as cliche and uh, as 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 you know far out there away from me as you possibly could could put him, and so. You know, I think as I grew over the years, I, I think I, I really thought that Christians were kind of funny. You know, I mean, no one ever talked to me about this Jesus that was uh, supposed to be like the epicenter of their life and savior of their soul, and nobody was ever really coming after me, uh, you know, to to see my soul saved. And mm-hmm. then the Christians that I did meet, who maybe tried, you know, their approach was like really wrong. You know, they just were like combative and conflicted, and they just, I don't know, man, they just didn't, they didn't, they didn't approach me with. A sense of I I want to see you saved. They they approach me like, hey, get your life better, yeah, become different, you know, be be a better you, and then come to Jesus, versus the Jesus I've come to know, who says come as you are, but don't believe that you're gonna stay the way that you came. And so, man, I do have a huge heart for f- to see the local church like joyfully live in their own salvation. And say, dude, I want you to know, Jesus Christ, and if Jesus really is the best thing in your life, dude. Why aren't you talking about him? Yeah, why, no doubt. Why aren't you telling other people about him? If if life and death hangs on what you do with Christ while you live, then why do so few Christians even say His name?
0: Yeah, no doubt. I really loved what you said on Sunday. Good shepherds fight for their sheep. I think that's just so well said. And. If you think about the people that are in your world, and, and this week we talked about Matthew thirteen, you know the the parable, of the four so, the four soils, right? And if if you start going through, wait, I recently read a Francis Chan's book, uh, Crazy Love Again, uh, with a small group of guys, yeah. and he talks about there in one of the chapters. Don't just assume that you're good soil, yeah. right? And I think as a Christian, most of us would probably naturally gravitate that. Oh, there's here one, two, and three, um, the rock, the thorns, in the path, and well, I'm not any of those because I'm I'm sitting here in church, right? But that's not entirely true,
1: right? Yeah, and I think that's uh, what we were trying to get to the heart of when we talked about like these are the people you're going to meet, but these also could be the people that you are, you know. Especially when we talked about, um, you know, let's just say a lot of Christians wouldn't identify with the the seed that fell on the path because, well, hey, that one didn't, that wasn't open at all. Mm-hmm. I received the seed, but you look at the thorns and you look at the weeds. That starts to sound like a lot of church people, you know, the thorns. Um, and the weeds, uh, you know, in that sense are, you know, Christian people who get choked out by playing it safe, right? Mm-hmm. Having a really safe Christian existence. Like, I've, I do the right things, I've said the right things, but I don't go, go all in. I've got, you know, all kinds of chips in my pocket that I hold for me, they're not for Jesus, and these aren't Jesus' chips when they are Jesus' chips. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the people who learn to let go of those, those things and say, you know what, Lord, everything you've given me is truly yours and you want to use what you've given me to glorify your name. There's an exciting life followership there. The same is true when, when uh, the, the shallow soil on the rocks. You know, I see a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian.
0: Until it gets hard. Until it gets hard, <laughs> right?
1: And and hard might not even be like persecution, which Jesus talks about. He's like, when you get persecuted, you fall away. Look, a lot of people aren't getting persecuted in America. Uh, it's for all first Christian, world right? problems over here it's, on this side of the it's pond. It's first world problems. <laughs> and so where I think that rubber meets the road is for the Christian who starts to walk with you. And yeah, you see him on Sunday, but now you pull him under your arm. And you say, hey, man, we're going to talk about... The decisions you make on Friday. We're going to talk about the way that you know you go about your social life. We're going to talk about some of these harder things, and we're going to line up what you do with what Jesus wants, and we're going to see how they meet. all of a sudden, you don't see that cat anymore. And so, you know, it isn't going to be, oh, you know, yeah, my I tried to talk to my neighbor, and he, he called me every name under the book, and he told me if I talked to him about Jesus again, he was going to kill me. We don't face that kind of persecution here. Yeah, no, no. it's going to be, you know, the, the the thin soil that fell on the rocks is going to be that Christian who doesn't want to be held accountable, and they're just going to poof,
0: be gone. So, Brett, the other thing that we talked about this week, not only was the soil, uh, but what type of sower are you? And and I really like that. And we talked earlier this week about it over the phone that that might not be a lens that uh, is traditionally looked through or people spend a whole lot of time talking about, uh, which is fine. But but you brought the really unique angle of the the conservative or conventional sower planting in the very specific rows or the very specific soil versus maybe the gospel and what we're called to do as Christians, and to cast it out, go make disciples of all nations everywhere. Uh, And I love that different analogy. Walk me through uh, the the difference of a radical versus the uh, conservative.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that anytime I've ever heard this message preached, I think the entire emphasis was on the soils, right? And and, kind of like what you just said, it's like we we typically will see that being, um, I think, the focus. But, you know, I, I read through this, man, that sower... Jumps out to me, yeah, big every single time, and and I think that's the whole point, you know. So there's this sower who's he's out there sowing the seed, and, and, and like we talked about, you know, if, if you didn't sow the seed right, it wasn't gonna grow, and if it didn't grow, your family didn't eat, and if your family didn't eat, they died, and so I mean, this whole sowing thing was was a big deal, and so Jesus paints this picture of this guy that people just would have been like, who is this dude? You know, I mean, it, I think it would have shocked them. I think I think they would have been. Really wondering, like, we get the soils, but this sower guy seems kind of weird to us. And in, in the reason he's weird in the parable is because he just threw seed everywhere, dude. He didn't even ask questions. He, he wasn't like, oh, rocky soil there, not going to waste my seed. Throws it on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's the path, don't you know? Throws it on it. Oh, there's some brambles, throws it on it. Like, this dude just didn't care. And I love that mm-hmm. because it, I think it calls us into this idea that I don't have to be conservative when it comes to my outreach. I don't have to, you know, be like, "Oh, I, you know, I think she'll take it, and I think he probably won't." Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Those are people made in the image of God, equally in need of the salvation I know in Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to try to find a way, no doubt. if God would open the door, to start to notice, pray for them, and then see if, 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 if there's some kind of crossing of paths that we could somehow interact with each other because I'm going to cast a seed. I'm going to plant a seed today.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It's everything you're saying, it sounds fantastic. It's super uncomfortable for most people, <laughs> yeah, right? right? So, and and last I checked, the Bible doesn't say, um, I want my people to live a very comfortable, cushy life, right? Mm. We need to be stretched, but there's that balance of, again, a guy like you and me might be natural for us, uh, a little more type A, go up and smile and, and shake someone's hand, and that's Okay. Versus someone who is is maybe a little bit more of an introvert or doesn't want to go out of their way. So I really think that the other piece of that we need to pray for boldness, um, and and again that the Holy Spirit does a work through us and that God brings the right people to the forefront of our mind, uh, and and gives us more opportunities. It is interesting. I, I think you had said this recently um, in an offline conversation that we had, uh, and we were just t- you were saying, having a conversation with someone, maybe it was out, and then they'd ask you some question about what do you do for a living? And you're just like, oh, yes, Lord. And I just <laughs> laugh every time because it's like that's that's what like instantly pops in my head now whenever those whenever God opens those doors. But you need to be intentional about praying for those opportunities too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it, it all goes back to week one and two, right? So So we talked about evangelism doesn't start with speaking. It starts with praying. That's right and asking God, Lord, give me eyes to see. Help me to see today. You know, you're going to go to the gym this week, or you're going to go to work, or you're going to go and you're going to get stuck in a traffic jam. You know, God has used traffic jams in my heart to just remind me of the the priority that the gospel has to take in my life because I can sit in a traffic jam and I can get a bad attitude. Oh, I'm so delayed. I'm, I'm so burdened. You know, I got to... And almost suddenly, something I look around and I see... That girl, and I see that guy, and I can look at my rear view, and there's a family behind me, and I would have never noticed these people if there wasn't a traffic jam. And you know what? I could either have a bad attitude, or I could have a gospel attitude, and all of a sudden I start to pray for these people. Mm-hmm. Lord, who is that man? I pray in the name of Jesus. You call him in. I went to the dentist the other day. This dentist, he's my new dentist. he's, man, he's like got his like elbow in my jaw, and his face is like right here by mine, dude. It was funny. I just started thinking, you know what? I wonder if Dr. So-and-so knows Jesus. I'm just starting praying for this guy. I mean, Mm -hmm. he was so close to my face and he was drilling on my tooth. But we never, we don't have to miss opportunities. That's right. You're right? I mean, so so be that radical seed caster. Be that person who's like, I don't care where I am or where I go. I have the capacity to pray and notice and ask God for boldness. And if he crosses my path, I'm going to be ready with just a simple touch of joy, mercy, respect, and grace Mm. to give to somebody that could open a door for a kingdom conversation or for an entire eternity to be changed.
0: Well, the question becomes then, if, if everyone prayed for that boldness and if everyone in the church prayed for those opportunities, how different would the church look today? Different. Way different.
1: Way different. You know, way, way different. Which is
0: exciting because there's opportunity there.
1: Absolutely. And we're seeing it happening at Calvary Church. You know, Calvary looks very different than it did a year ago. And God's doing a new work because there are more people who are taking this call seriously. God said, look, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Mm -hmm. So if you start to say, Lord, I will work today... God will give you work to do today and he will bless the work of your hand in a way that you can't get the glory for. So even when we talk about some of these outreach stories that God's been blessing us with, even between you and I in the past couple of weeks, mm-hmm. neither one of us can sit and say, hey man, look what a great evangelist I am. Like both yeah. of us were just talking. We're like, you know what? God did that. Like yeah, we to came, him the glory. we prayed, we, we were diligent. We did what we felt needed to be done. We were faithful. But, but ultimately the only person who can get the praise is Jesus because it's Jesus that tills the soil of a person's heart. And so it's like, thank you, Lord. Like, thank you for what you're doing, and thank you for letting me be a part of this really exciting adventure called Christianity. Mm -hmm. Like, thanks for letting me in on that. And if you take that
0: radical step, man, all the glory to Him. And there's something fulfilling about it too of being a part of that story. And and when God uses you and works through you like that, there's just something that that matures your own walk with the Lord as well, yeah. which is great.
1: And I think it's something that people want to be a part of, man. You know, it's, it's something that people who are maybe really just stuck in a dead religious experience see and they're like, I want to be a part of that church. I want to be a part of what God is doing there because mm-hmm. it's winsome, it's wondrous, it's wonderful. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't get that where I am. And that's not an indictment, but it is certainly a challenge, you know, for the Church of Jesus Christ across the globe to start praying and to start seeking the kingdom that is plentiful.
0: That's all we have today. We ask that you reflect on what kind of soil are you and what kind of soil are you. Spend some time uh, over the next few days praying about that, thinking about that. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks and God bless.